This is AgriFutures On Air, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is AgriFutures On Air. Australia is part of a global marketplace in terms of food production and what better way to showcase all aspects of the supply chain than through the AgriFutures Grow Ag platform. AgriFutures Grow Ag involves collaboration between the Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment and Australia's 15 research and development corporations, often referred to as RDCs. AgriFutures Grow Ag has been created to make it easy to explore, find and connect with relevant Australian agri-food innovation expertise and research and commercialisation opportunities. It's the gateway to Australia's agri-food innovation system in one easy-to-use location. All the information on this online marketplace is free to access and allows investors, corporates, startups, researchers, industry, government and universities from Australia and around the world to locate information and opportunities to deliver innovation back to the farm and the food supply chain. Since launching in April last year, it's listed over 2,500 research projects and 130 commercial opportunities on the platform and had 64,000 users from 180 countries. One of the businesses to take advantage of the platform is the Toowoomba-based Data Farming, an Australian ag tech company that is developing integrated, easy-to-use, intelligent, precision ag technology solutions. Tim Neal is the Managing Director, and I started our chat with asking him how the business came about. Our business is one of those built on sort of 20 years of being in the precision ag industry. My wife and I have been working in ag tech businesses since uh, 2002. So, you know, and, and and I came out of government before that uh, working in precision agriculture. So, you know, it's a culmination of sort of 20, 25 years experience put into, uh, I guess, a business. Um, and, and, you know, really the biggest thing we're trying to solve is just the adoption of technology in agriculture. You know, we were so frustrated that all these tools existed, um, but the usage was so low. Like, when before we started, only 4% of farmers actually looked at a satellite image of their property. And now we've got to 40% of the marketplace in nearly five years. So Yeah, I had a good look at your website. I love a good website stat. I think you had, was it 14 million hectares you're looking after or 120,000 paddocks? Yeah, 120,000 fields and yeah, nearly 40 million acres. Yeah, so it's incredible uptake. You know, that's what that's the problem we're trying to solve ultimately really was getting technology in people's hands. Well, I was just about to ask because ag tech, you know, I think it still is even a little bit broad. I think, you know, ag tech, we know what it is. It's, you know, we're talking about it. But then still, as you say, the uptake isn't great, but there's so much within ag tech. You know, maybe sometimes it gets a bit confused with that big umbrella. So when you're talking about um, farmers and uptake of, of ag tech, can you be a little bit more specific with the kind of things that, you know, as a as a person working in that field, you are being frustrated with, with them not using? Things like yield monitors. So we, yield monitoring has been on harvesters since the mid-1990s. And, and, you know, about 80% of all harvesters now, or probably more, have got some kind of yield monitoring uh, capability. But only half the people that have actually got a yield monitor have ever looked at a yield map and only 10% have actually done anything about it. And that, to me, is the huge opportunity. Um, so even, you know, 30 years on from the first yield monitoring, we still haven't got simple tools to view yield maps in a field. And I, th- I just find that incredible. So I, I think, you know, the ag tech in general is, you know, I guess it's a fairly broad term, but 
it's, it's just trying to digitise agriculture to, to help become more efficient, reduce variability and plan better for the future with the uncertainties that farmers are dealing with every day. So what do you think the hesitation is from farmers to take up that you know, uh, information even though it's, they're already collecting it and, and it's there? You know what? What I've worked out, it's not the hesitation of the growers. It's the technology providers that are at fault. And as an industry, we've got a lot to answer for that we haven't delivered quality products back to the growers. And if you look at the number of soil moisture probes that are hanging in the back of people's sheds right now, that tells you, uh, you know, what the problem is, is that, you know, there's, there's, there's just been this mass amount of technology thrown at growers and, and, and little consideration to the user experience. And that's what we've turned around. And sure enough, the adoption's there. That's a really interesting point. I, I, I like that. When you, um, with the farms and the farmers and the, the businesses that you're working with, what have you seen in the, the five years that you've been working with them? Are people, you know, their profit margins increasing and their businesses becoming a bit more streamlined with, with the proper use of the data that they're collecting and, and that information? One thing that's changed massively in the last five years is the measure, measure to manage sort of mentality. Um, much more rigour around decision-making, uh, a lot more science-based approach. And I guess that's coming from farm size getting bigger as well. You know, we've lost a large number of farmers in recent years um, to, you know, re- retirement um, and expansions. Um, so, and, and probably corporates play a bit in that and overseas investors also. But, you know, the the, the size of Australian farms now is, is essentially doubled in, in the last few decades. So, that means that technology has got to fill some of those gaps because we, we, we're no longer owning six 40-acre blocks, you know, where you know every single part of every single field. Now we have clients with 1,000 hectare fields um, that once used to support three farms probably. So, you know, the, the, the whole way that agriculture is, you know, is managed now is completely different. And we've seen that acceleration in the last five years with that that rapid expansion phase of, of farms. So what we're seeing very clearly is that people want technology to fill gaps and, and work properly um, and solve problems uh, on a, you know, on a, on a much bigger scale than you know, in previous times. That's also a very interesting point. We're talking today uh, for the AgriFutures podcast, of course, but talking about the Grow Ag platform and its uh, gateway to Australia's agri-food innovation systems. So how does data farming in your business play into what Grow Ag is, is offering? Um, the Grow Ag platform has given us great exposure to a much broader audience. Um, you know, the AgriFutures has been a great supporter of of technology, you know, startups and mature businesses for many years now. And this is a, a really nice value add and a and a follow-on from that, you know, from the conferences and the and the networks and the projects that are that have been going on for some time. So it's given us a much bigger exposure, um, more widely than our normal catch, I guess. And that's B2B, you know, business to business type arrangements as well as investors um, and, and more broadly the general public. So yeah, I think it's um, it's got a great opportunity to fill that gap because, like you said right at the start, people are confused. They don't know where technology is going, what's your value, and I think narrowing that down is, is going to be very helpful for the marketplace. How important is collaboration in, in ag tech and the, the world in which you're operating? That's a good point because we all, the, all the grassroots agribusiness or ag tech businesses out there understand that they have special key areas that they're good at. 
Now, when we just did a bit of a summary of the ecosystem the other day and saw looking for gaps where the gaps are in the marketplace and and where our you know where our sort of other ag tech businesses could fill the fulfill the gaps and you know we came up with a list of seven different agri ag tech businesses that could really work together to actually solve almost all problems on a farm. So, you know, every one of us has has our swim lane, if you like, and we swim very well in that lane. But, you know, you've got to collaborate because not one of us is going to solve all the problems. There's just no way in the world. Uh, Any business that have tried that in the past have failed miserably because you can't be all things to all people. And people enter and leave this journey at different points. That's the other thing about all this. It's It's not an end point. It's a journey. And people are ready at different stages and are more mature and less mature than others at, at, in their journey. So um, I think that's that's really important. And I, collaboration is the only way that we're going to progress as an Australian ag tech industry because there's not enough capital, there's not enough uh, people in terms of farmers to actually go and do, do it all on your own. Absolutely. And so when, when we're talking about, you know, a bigger exposure through the GrowAg platform and some of those overseas in investments and, and customers, does it help some of that collaboration at those overseas markets and investors, what you're looking for? Or are you talking about, um, you know, working together more within the Australian market? Uh, well, I, I, of course, I, I want to, I, I favour the Australian market, of course. Um, of course. I've got some great, you know, there's some fantastic Australian, Australian grassroots ag tech businesses out there that solve fantastic problems. They've done it on a shoestring budget. They're kicking butt across the world in terms of the quality of the the, the development and commercialisation is way above what you see in North America. Um, and, you know, way more maturity, way more user testing. Um, so I think, you know, grassroots is the way to be. Um, I'd love to, you know, we want to take our combined products to the world. That's that's my aim. So we've had quite a number of inquiries through the GrowAg platform for B2B cooperation and, and companies I'd never heard of. So that's given us exposure to for more collaboration. And what other implications or, or opportunities do you think are, are through the GrowAg platform that you've been using? Yeah, so we've also had investment inquiries. Um, some of them are people overseas that are, you know, Australian residents or, sorry, um, you know, that they're, yeah. they're Australians by trade. Expats. Um, that's what I call them, Australians <laughs> by trade, but they're in other countries. And they're looking they're looking for good ag tech businesses to bring bring globally. Um, so we've had a, quite a number of inquiries um, for for investment into other countries from, from Australian business because they know that, you know, the Australian ag tech businesses are a fair income about it. They've got the runs on the board and they've done, it, done the hard yards to get there. So, yeah, I think that, that's also been interesting and, and people we would have never normally come across in our capital raise sort of activities, if you like. Going back to, to data farming and your business, you've grown quite rapidly over the last few years and are there more and more of, of your type of businesses coming on board or are you still really leading the field in terms of the service that you offer? Well, data farming, yeah, is the most popular precision ag software in the marketplace, you know, um, what what we're going to see competition with is the big the big boys from the from the states coming in with their products. Um, I mean that they've all been trying for quite a while, and there's been a couple of monumental um, no no non-success sort of stories. But you know the the big the big corporate chemical are definitely coming with products, um, so we've got to keep an eye out for that. 
but like it's a bit like me if i'm trying to go into the u.s you know you've got to really tailor your products to suit the market and if you don't have a good understanding of how the market operates here then you really just don't it just doesn't happen so yeah it's going to fall flat yeah i'm, I'm quietly confident that we can you know with the big user base and the, and the trust we have in the market i think i'm not too worried about that stuff but you know you know money can buy you a certain way as well so it'll be interesting to see um how the next few years play out in that space. Is that the main, because I was going to ask you about what challenges you're expecting on the horizon, and, and I guess that was one of them. Are there any others? Oh, well, just things are changing so quickly, and I guess the, the pace of change is, is interesting, and things like sustainability is going to become a huge issue for, for Australian growers to be to prove. It's not that they're not doing it, it's just proving that you're doing it. And I'm, I'm, I've been doing quite a bit of work recently in Southeast Asia, and I see that the level that some of those products in Southeast Asia are, are way advanced of what Australia is in terms of traceability and understanding whether, you know, the, the, the whole um, sustainability piece and traceability is quite advanced. And I was quite shocked, actually. So I think oh, well, we've, re- we've really got to pull our socks up here. I mean, they were in industries that were heavily targeted, um, like, you know, like oil palm or cocoa or those kind of things. Yeah, they're they're under the spotlight a hell of a lot more than a barley crop in you know in Western New South Wales. Yeah, but sustainability and traceability—it's been on our radar, like it's been talked about for years. So I'm surprised that it's that much of a difference. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit shocked. So I think we've got a we've got a bit of work to do in this country to to really sharpen that up. And I, I, I the the way we want to achieve that is with a, with a with a group uh, a group of like-minded ag tech businesses getting together to solve that problem. Like I said before, the seven businesses together could actually solve that problem um and and that will that will sort of yeah that will that could get large market penetration because you, you you're getting that you know that, that whole uh, group working together with all of their databases we're all coming together to to solve one common common problem for the grower and it's 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 the problem i call it the, the data gate it's the farm <laughs> data gate it's really it's locked you know, there's not data flowing out of the farm through the supply chain. Once it leaves the farm, you know, there's good data provenance and, and people understand what's going on with it. But I think we've got a lot a lot, lot more work to do. And there's great great businesses like AgriDigital and um, AgLive and those that are, that are asked are definitely on the traceability journey. What I'm talking about is mass adoption of that. So how do we get mass adoption of that sort of traceability, um, you know, through industries like canola? Um, that that's that's sold as sustainable, uh, like barley that's sold into sustainable beer, for example. So, um, you know, companies like Pure Grain are having a crack as well. So, it's certainly boutique still, but we need to get that sort of thinking mainstream because we're going to become under the spotlight pretty quickly. So, that's one of the challenges, I, I guess. The other big challenge, right, that's that's happened is it's just the amount of investment that's gone into ag tech globally. You know, we're way behind here. We're sort of one twentieth of of what the US spends per capita. That's per capita. That's that's not total. One twentieth uh, is spending twenty times more in the US than here per capita. So we're just totally undercooked with the amount of investment that's been going on in ag tech in Australia compared to the rest of the world. Is that a government led or? Yeah, it's government policy, and it's also. I mean, the amount of capital that's in the US is obviously part of that, and the appetite for risk is very different. So much more aggressive and much bigger appetites for risk. Um, but then you see other companies like Israel that have that big government funding programs to to match ag tech dollars. So 
you know, and they take a cut of the company. So, you know, completely different model to what we see in Australia and have had a huge global impact on Aotech. So we're way behind. And so that that means we can, you know, we've got to really push that envelope big time. And and, and groups like the Australian Ag Tech Association are making this, you know, pushing this into government to say, look, this is a serious industry, if you like, on its own. So, you know, how can we support that to, to get that? And not, you know, it's not a complaint. It's just that that's what we're up against. We're up, we're up against 20 times per capita the, the investment in other countries. So how do we match that to you know, to really push our businesses in, in, in Australia forward. Yeah, absolutely. I, d- I didn't take it as a complaint. I, I, I felt where you were going with that. <laughs> so, you know, you, you mentioned that the, the, the AgTech Association are, are taking up that fight. What else can be done to really p- to highlight those issues that you just went through, that everything from the traceability and, and sustainability to to investment? Collaboration and, and, and being bold to take on the world market. And, and that's not about... I got, don't get me wrong about this. <laughs> Farmers in Australia are sick and tired of getting used as guinea pigs, right, for for, for ag tech businesses to fly over to the US. They, they, they've had enough of that. I'm not talking about, you know, cutting and running to the US or, or Asia or somewhere else. What I'm talking about is building global platforms and global tools and, 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 and businesses, not just servicing the Australian market, but make sure we keep servicing the Australian market. So commitment. Farmers want commitment. Absolutely, because they don't want those moisture probes hanging on the back of the shed, like I said before. <laughs> it's a good analogy. Tim, is there anything else that you feel like we should talk about? The last thing I'd like to talk about is, you know, just the AgriFutures platform as a, as a whole. You know, I think it's great leadership on behalf of AgriFutures to put together a package probably way broader than their original scope, if you like, as, a, as an RDC, uh, Research Development Corporation, you know, with the Evoke Ag conferences, with Grow Ag, um, you know, and support support of grassroots businesses in the country. I, it's, there was obviously a massive gap there. You look at the look at the attendance and the following. I mean, that's that's good leadership, and I, uh, I take my hat off to AgriFutures for showing that sort of leadership and and taking that taking this to market. Well, that's a that's a lovely lovely way to to end that then, because I guess with platforms such as the Grow Ag, that is working towards some of the cl- collaboration that you're talking about, surely. You know, we're, we're also funded by GRDC with, with the Grand Innovate Program. And again, that's really good leadership on behalf of an RDC. And we're seeing change in the RDCs, the way they work with, with small business in this country, big changes where, you know, commercial partners are brought in early into research and development projects to actually make sure this sort of stuff gets commercialised. And I think that's, again, good leadership from those RDCs. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Tim. It's been lovely to chat to you today and and I appreciate the time you were able to give us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And that's it for today's episode. Just to recap, you heard from Tim Neal from Data Farming. In fact, since we recorded our conversation, Data Farming has announced a $5 million Series A capital raise, which can be found on the GrowAg platform, a very exciting milestone for the company. They are seeking technology or agricultural investors, agribusiness, VCs or family offices to support them build out their product suite and scale globally. For more information on this capital raise, the platform and how to tap into this online marketplace of Australia's agri-food innovation, visit growag.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Jane Cudahy. You've been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. 
For full access to a huge backlog of stories on Australia's agricultural trends and innovations, research outcomes, inspiring stories from our rural leaders and insights into new and emerging rural industries, please subscribe to AgriFutures On Air on your favourite podcasting app. You can also find more information at our website, agrifutures.com.au. Thank you.